0: good evening Darius good evening Ed uh how's it going we're doing all right it's a late night session again well not too late 9 p.m we're recording this
1: we're pretty good um before we dive into it if there's a pretty big topic I'm not gonna lie today but before I dive into it I just want to let I want you to tell the listeners um on this Tuesday what did you end up wearing for the day
0: on this Tuesday, it was Rolex Submariner. 11, 40, 60. I wish it was 12, 40, 60, but we'll make do with the 11. Uh,
1: has that been your workhorse for the last couple of days?
0: It has yeah. been the workhorse. It has
1: been And um, just, just from your time owning it, like, if we dive into it a little bit, how has the, um, the, the regulation been? Do you find that you're, you're still in cost or you know, you're slipping a little?
0: I haven't noticed any discernible gain or loss in time i guess which is good like that that's exactly what you want
1: do you find well uh, from your time having it has there ever been like a a case where you're like oh like how why am i fast three minutes or like five minutes or anything like that or how often do you even set the time on your on your watch
0: so actually set the time maybe once a month um to just to get it regulated but you know what? Actually, yes. When I used to put my watch on my desk, um, like crown side up sideways, just on the side of the watch, so that the bracelet doesn't hit the back of the the back. And I noticed that it would gain time um, a little bit faster than I would like it to. But now I have it in a winder when I take it off and bring it home and like overnight and everything when I store it. It has been much more accurate because I guess because of how it's rotating all the time um, and sort of evens out in storage time. Hmm.
1: Okay. Um, just a quick question about your uh, watch winder. Is, is it a gift from one of those brands? Is it an official one or is it something that you picked up, you know, oh, from I like a third-party brand?
0: Just on oh, Amazon. Just on Amazon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, my watches are not nice enough to come with winders. <laughs> as much as I would love to have a winder from like a watch brand, as like part of the box, I'm not that important. <laughs> not yet. You're not. Not yet. Not yet. You're not. Exactly. Nice. And what did you wear? What's uh, on this Tuesday?
1: Yeah, what I wore, and it's starting on Monday too, is I decided to take the uh, Hamilton out. Uh, there's something really nice about knowing it's a manual wind, and knowing I have to wind it <laughs> when I wake up um it just to keep it alive for the next you know I, th- I think it's a oh man slipping 80 80 hour power reserve so you know just you know making sure i, I kind of like that that element of wearing it whereas i find with the 58 or with the explorer you know i'll put it on and i'll just set it and then i i kind of forget about it a uh, great thing about the hamilton as well is the size is so small i actually do not feel it like it's weightless. It just, It is weightless, Um, I I don't feel anything. Comparing the NATO or the fabric strap of the Hamilton to the Tudor, I'm not gonna lie, the Hamilton one (laughs) feels pretty nice. Like the Um, strap? Yeah, I mean, it's your normal ballistic nylon, it's nothing special, it's not like the, the Tudor fabric strap that's like, you know, when it's weaving, it's like this intricate process, it's very soft, it's very thin. But that one, I don't know. Even though I purchased it, um, it's it's a great strap, don't get me wrong. But I, I find the Hamilton one a little more comfortable.
0: Maybe it's more worn in.
1: Maybe. Maybe,
0: maybe, maybe. maybe. Um,
1: so this week, um, I know I had a lot of people kind of message, uh, message us on the DMs. You know, basically forwarding this image. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. You want to kind of lead the listeners into what we want to discuss today.
0: For today, the uh, the takeover.
1: <laughs> the takeover, the buyout. This big news within fashion and business.
0: Today, Supreme sells out. Dun dun dun. Ooh, clickbait, clickbait. clickbait That's going to be the title supreme sellout 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 supreme sellout james jebbia sellout sellout james jebbia gonna go buy an island
1: oh yeah he's gonna go buy an island with like supreme yachts oh no right
0: everyone okay yeah. your take first your take you go so if you're
1: if you're not really first in i guess fashion or like in in the know-how um Supreme is a skate brand that started in nineteen ninety four. Funny enough, that's my birth year. Um later on, I think in the early two thousand tens, if I'm if I'm correct, um, that brand was actually acquired by a private equity firm. I think they were private equity firm. I think it's twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen, okay. So they were acquired by a by a private equity firm, and then from there we're like, oh, that's crazy because you know that uh, I think that acquisition was about 500 million, uh, which was a lot. And coming from like Escape Brand, coming from all that background, um, if you follow Supreme since the beginning, I know I have not I'm just gonna be outright in front about it that was like a huge thing for a, a street brand so now we're fast forwarding into 2020 with everyone saying oh it's an uncertain time or oh blah blah blah." now you have one of the big uh, you know one of the biggest conglomerate or or how i, I can't say fashion house but con- apparent companies or conglomerate companies v uh vf corp purchasing uh, supreme earlier this week they said they were planning to but now i believe it is official that they will acquire supreme for 2.1 billion dollars in that deal and the private equity firm will then also sell off their shares um, it's a huge news uh, in fashion because number one we would i don't think anyone could expect uh, james jebbia and you know his brand to go this far uh, number two What does it hold? Because the VH, uh, not VH, VF VF core actually carries a lot of brands. So there are some brands that you know and love out there that are actually part of this conglomerate. And what does that mean to? the brand value how are we going to perceive it will we start seeing um you know supreme at zoomies are we going to start seeing supreme stuff at winners or tj maxx for those uh uh, in america what does that future hold and i think we're at least for myself i'm a little worried about um the brand being so diluted you know because a part of the appeal Of Supreme and you can kind of chime in and say if you own anything Supreme is there's a there's a mystique about uh, Supreme and the fact that things are made in quote-unquote limited qualities makes it you know more desirable so what's kind of your
0: thought on on this acquisition so to clarify in 2017 the Carlyle group acquired 50% of Supreme for 500 million dollars so that would place Supreme at a 1 billion dollar um, valuation which is huge right for a um, relatively small escape com- brand like a skate brand like a relatively small privately owned um company with what like eight ten distribution points in the world um to be valued at one billion dollars is huge in 2017 and then now 2020 valued at 2.1 billion dollars for 100 percent um acquisition so you know value at 2.1 billion i think that's a huge jump now this is pointed out by many people that we i think that vf will leave supreme alone like they just want to fund the company and own it and i think they'll retain or attempt to retain james jebbia as sort of like a name in the in the company like something like chairman Mm -hmm. or whatever something like that you know and directing someone to steer the ship if you will vf also owns a lot of companies that supreme collaborates with on a regular basis so it did make a lot of sense for them to take over right vf does the north face vf does Mm -hmm. timberland vans dickies these are very supreme-esque companies and for the most part VF when they take over these companies they sort of let them do their own thing you know it's very hard for someone who was not aware of VF existing to say like yeah I can see the connection between the North Face product and then Vans product
1: Mm -hmm. or like
0: North Face product and then Timberland product Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I can see the connection of like the roots of these companies very like blue collar working class brand same with supreme sort of um uh, in the in the in the early days so i think this is a natural progression for supreme and i think it's a good move from james jebbia and Carlyle group to get out as soon as possible the reason i say that is like it's because i don't imagine supreme going valuation to be significantly higher as like an independent entity great that's a fair point supreme relies so much on this currency of cool and mystique like you said that it'd be very hard to scale up supreme even more than it is now
1: with the acquisition so are you saying you're not worried about brand dilution
0: i'm not worried about brand dilution because i don't think supreme even competes with brands in the same category as say like quote-unquote Zumi's brands like okay palace I I can imagine competing with um I was reading on Instagram someone's comment on Supreme acquisition and like the direction that they could go into and a very good point came up if VF took Supreme along the route of like Stussy I think it'll be pretty cool sort of demystifying the brand a bit but still retaining the fact that it is a legacy and legend in skatewear and supreme and uh streetwear.
1: That is a really good point. Um did you did you know people growing up wearing Stussy? Crooks Absolutely. and castles and things like that? Crooks and castles,
0: Stussy, Diamond Supply, all that stuff.
1: And with with that said, as you kind of went through your years, do you still put kind of Stussy at that mystique? Because I know I do. Like, I do, even definitely. W- when I walk um, down Spadina here in here in Toronto, and I see the store, I feel like how I did when I felt uh, like as a kid. When I walk by, I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like that's the Su- Stuicy store right there. Like, yeah, like should cool I go in
0: there?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm a little nervous, even though I'm you know older now. It's like I still have that feeling. I'm just wondering yeah. if you do.
0: I think so. I think I would hope. I I really hope that they keep Supreme the way it is and have it demystified a bit but retain the very important name that is supreme
1: Mm -hmm. with the the biggest thing i think when we talk about acquisitions um has to be the access to capital i think you touched on that with that said and with you know injecting more money and more investments into the brand do you think we're gonna see more supreme storefronts or do you think we're gonna maybe start to see more Supreme pop-ups of that nature? Because in my mind, as such a big, you know, conglomerate or like a, a company, right, that owns all these brands, you probably strategically own a lot of properties and, and own a lot of the land. So, do you think that you know they'll they'll find a few places that they own, you know, lease it to Supreme, you know, and then so more people can have access to it on a more like tangible level.
0: I think that they might open a few more, like a few being like one or two locations in the U.S. And I think that's it. Um, Where I'm going to need to give myself a refresher where the Supreme Stores are right now. We have New York, Brooklyn, L.A., uh, San Fran, San Francisco, right?
1: San Francisco. Yeah, that was the latest one, I believe. Yeah.
0: Four, correct?
1: Yeah. Um, there's no foreign Supreme stores yet, right? Um, Italy? Okay. No. Was that the fake no, one?
0: That's the fake one. So there's Supreme <laughs> New York, Brooklyn, San Fran, Los Angeles. So there's four in in uh, America. And there's London, Paris, and then one, two, three, four, five, six in, yeah. in Japan. I think it would be a good move for Supreme to open one in the East Coast again, so you'll have two in West Coast, three in East Coast. Two of them in East Coast are New York and Brooklyn, so they're relatively close to one another. Yeah. So I think it'll be a strategic strategic move to open one in the East Coast, and then perhaps one in... Europe? They already have London uh, and Paris. So maybe something like Frankfurt or um, Geneva, something like that milan Ooh, do but i don't think they will do one in italy because of that supreme italia thing yeah
1: that's a funny thing
0: too that's, do you think that's... <laughs> do you think they'll ever open a store in canada i don't think so
1: i think it'd be as a canadian i think it'd be a little lame for them to to open a store in canada that's
0: I think just so my too. thought i think it would not be a good move because you only have three places to really open the store in Canada right you have Vancouver you have Toronto you have Montreal
1: and I say that and I make that point because uh even when I went to to New York like it was an experience the fact that oh I'm gonna go hit up ALD I'm gonna go hit up Kith I'm gonna go hit up um Supreme Like, so that's why in my mind, I think they should not open it up in Canada because that gives you a reason when you're in New York or when you're in LA and California to, to really seek out the store and experience it for yourself.
0: Absolutely. I think, I think it would be a bad move in Canada, especially like Montreal. I don't think they would open one.
1: Maybe like a pop-up or if they were to spot, like maybe if they start to sponsor like skate events, I don't know if they would, I'll be honest. Um, but something like that, maybe, um, that could be in a more community engagement end because there are a few like great boutiques out of Montreal. And I think Montreal boutiques are, are doing something really well that Vancouver and Toronto aren't really doing.
0: I mean, I agree. Um, they're a lot, I feel like they're a lot more focused and true to the roots of, of streetwear. But, yeah, I don't think they would open it in Toronto because it's very, very close to New York. Sure. Same with Vancouver, right? Vancouver is San Fran. Yeah. But so, the
1: border's closed, man.
0: The border's closed, but <laughs> as, a, as, like, a business decision in the future.
1: Yeah. So with, with, with you know, kind of keep keeping this going, how does the acquisition affect collaborations?
0: I think it becomes easier, Um, especially for the main collaborators, right? North Face, it's under the same company. Vans, under the same company. Timberland, under the same company. What other major collaborations come out all the time? Nike. But Nike doesn't really have a conflict of interest with any of those companies. Neither do they care, right? Like I wouldn't care if I was Nike and like, oh, no, they're now part of Vans. Okay. Yeah, Nike's just on a league of their own. Exactly. Okay. I don't think they're really competitive markets. Okay, they're both in sneakers, but one's in athletics and one's in skate.
1: So it, yeah. I think
0: they'll keep that open. Like same with Adidas, hasn't? Has there been Supreme Adidas? I don't think I wanna, so. I don't want to say that and, and be wrong.
1: Ooh. Uh, let me let me let me do a quick look, but I don't remember, I don't remember there any. ever being uh, Adidas Supreme. These look like knockoffs. Okay,
0: knockoff. So, okay, so Nike. Maybe VF will stop them from doing Nike collaborations. Maybe. But if I was VF, I would not. But do you
1: do you think we'll we'll see a departure from you know let's say collaborating with? Um, Like, undercover? With a not-so-well, yeah, with a not-so-well brand. Where they're going to try to stay as vertical as possible.
0: I I think they're still going to do not-well-known brands. Vans does it all the time.
1: I I would just hate that the acquisition then um, ends up, like, really being generic. Like, generic product and, like, generic... Like, we get used to the North Face releases right and then it starts to be something that we we just expect and we know is going to come down the pipeline um whenever i think about these and i look at the portfolio uh dickies makes sense um even with supreme if you were to see a collaboration with that i know i had a friend that that went over to japan pre-covid and he was saying like i didn't know there was such a hype around dickies in japan right so okay then you're going to satisfy that market with vans i mean you know California brand um, <laughs> it, when, when when I hear about the stories of, of the of the brothers you know making the shoes and just having them on display you know when they were just starting out, I kind of like that and, and the cultures do match there so it's a it's a beautiful thing with Timberland, it's ingrained into the New York DNA, so it also works. but I want I'm hoping the access to capital enables them to have bigger collaborations. I'm, i want to say better
0: but bigger ones i just thought of something what if what's up what if these collaborations like in-house collaborations become experimental testing waters for those other brands
1: oh so you're you're, you're kind of thinking of like supreme is the cool middle child and yes. the, the parent's going to be like all right well if he can do it well let's see if like my other children can do it exactly Huh. That could be, that could, I think that could be very possible because Supreme's a little more fluid. When, even when you look at each drop, it's always kind of changing. Um, the tone may change, the styling may change, right? So that, that's a really great point that you bring up.
0: Yeah, so what if, like, say there's a North Face Supreme and they, they come out with some crazy concept. Um, like like the, an like, ISPA? Like, like an ISPA, right? Or something like that or um some crazy material that they haven't done or some patterning or like full reflective stuff like that and it does really well like assume it does really well that would enable north face next season to produce that thing on a toned down level and they will be able to make more money but you still have that cool supreme stuff right so that's a great point yeah same with vans and timberland you can do that with both brands Because,
1: I mean, you see that with, um, I'm thinking, because you said Nike, you see it with, like, Nike, right? Where they will collaborate, and then they'll have, like, they'll focus on this one silhouette, or they'll focus on this, like, one piece. Um, Examples like the Stussy Spiridons, Um, Union LA Ones, right? And then they're like, oh, this works. Let's kind of launch a new, like, a new shoe within a couple months that takes, like, like, a similar design cue. That's a good
0: point. So I think that would be a really good usage of the Supreme name. Yeah. Besides just like, Oh, we're going to slap it on a, a product and there you go. Because now they can actually make this product and they have the capital and make cooler stuff.
1: Yeah. That'd be uh that'd be pretty interesting. I, I want to see that pan out and um, you you can satisfy the market that, that can buy the hype and pay the premium. And they can also satisfy the crowd. That's like, I want something similar but I can't afford that limited release exactly,
0: and it it becomes something like when you have you know the the halo model of a shoe in Nike and then you have takedown models after that. so that is that is how Supreme do in my in my opinion.
1: um then the one thing I want to talk about in terms of this um, is scarcity. Will it still be there? Or are we going to see a little easier ways uh, or more accessibility to buy those coveted items or like buy items from the brand?
0: I think it might. I think total production will go up. But I don't think outlets like doors, the number of doors will go up.
1: Because I I talk about scarcity um, because when you boil it down with these conglomerates like VH corp or even L, um lvmh right it's almost all about controlling the supply chain at every stage to co- like control costs um and to you know i hate to say cut out the middleman but like, you know like all those steps cut out the in between. yeah cuz we say it a lot in watches I know, right? so i, I <laughs> To <laughs>
0: streamline we,
1: uh, yeah, not to not to mock everyone, but yeah, um, it's to streamline the process, have that you know control from every stage. Is um, I'm just wondering, with uh, Vh core com- coming into play right now, Supreme now has access to create you know their own footwear if they wanted to. They have more access to create better outerwear. They have more access to even create, you know, better t-shirts, better hoodies, uh, more interesting things. So that's why I'm, I'm wondering, let's say their minimums or let's say their, their typical orders are about 1,000, you know. I think I think in, in the past they've said something like way under that. But let's just say, for example, nowadays per SKU um, and per color, they're doing 1,000. Uh, I wonder if they would ever up it to like 5,000. You know, not ten thousand. Ten thousand, yeah. you're getting into a realm of like, you know, you're 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 you want to wholesale it to like all these distributors, but something like five thousand. And then I'm I'm trying to see if that's the case. Are we going to see those sellout times start to increase? And if we start to see those sellout times increase on like Supreme leaks, is there going to be then an, then an, an effect of people going like, oh, like? it's so easy to get supreme now, like I don't have to worry, like anything like that. And then devalue uh, devalue the brand. Because as much as people want to rip on the whole sellout thing within milliseconds, right? Uh, Of course I'm exaggerating to an extent, but I kind of, I like that about the brand. I mean, I actually enjoy that aspect of it. So I'm just wondering if the capital means that it won't happen as quick anymore. And how does that affect the brand
0: image? I think they'll have with the capital, you're absolutely right. They they won't sell it as quick anymore. But Supreme always has items that don't sell out.
1: That's also true.
0: Right. So I am I would be fully confident in saying that the powers that be that control Supreme now are not gonna overproduce things like Box logo, you know. I don't think they will overproduce that. I don't think they will overproduce something that they know is going to be hot, like um, arm logo, S, chest, stuff like that. I don't think they will overproduce that because they know that's what drives the brand and hype. I think they will be more okay with producing things like hard goods, you know, making more decks, making more, more accessories that. Are not necessarily what drives the brand, but it's just things that people like collecting, as well as making more and more. Um, I shouldn't say filler, but like filler. Um, you know, like the Oreos
1: that, and the Colgate stuff, or what?
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like a like say the corduroy button ups that they come out so sometimes, or like jeans that they have in stock. Yeah, I like them too, but it's not like the hype item. I think they'll be able to pad out the collections more
1: okay um one thing that that just came into my mind and you were you were talking about it is yeah you can they they'll have you know uh, they won't make you know more than what they need to in terms of box logos but with now the the sourcing powers is will we start to see a deterioration from the quality because those that are listening there was a point i mean early on a lot of supreme stuff was made in u.s made in canada you know i i know even in our backyard there is someone that that you know makes the the supreme stuff you know the canadian fleece so with this expansion i can almost start to hear executives when they're looking at reports they're just like well why are we spending fifty dollars in canada to make these hoodies Let's move it offshore. And then once it's offshore, of course, your price is, for them, the price is cheaper. They make a better margin. Are we going to see Supreme fans react in this way, right, of saying, oh, like, they, they don't make them like they used to anymore. Like, the brand sucks, blah, 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 blah. Are we, do you think we're going to see that? I, I'm not talking about the hype beasts, I'm talking about now, like, OG heads and gatekeepers. Yeah. Do you think VF Corp will move more production offshore? Number one, and number two, do you think the uh, the OG heads are gonna feel some some type of way, and then you know almost you know bash on a brand or turn on a brand in that sense? Oh, I can
0: I can already hear the OG heads t- feeling their ways, saying like Supreme sold out, uh, James Jeffy turning his back on culture, um, things like that. I can already hear it, like it's happening already. Um, So there's nothing you can do about that. It's going to happen. It's going to be, like, pre-Takeover and then post-Takeover Supreme. Um, I agree. I think they would, like, very, very likely, would uh, offshore some production. You know, things like regular button-ups or or polos. Yeah, like T-shirts.
1: Like, Like T-shirts are T-shirts.
0: Yeah. And we were talking about this last time, how, you know offshoring certain products isn't necessarily bad
1: no not at all
0: like if you offshore knits to china they're going to be pretty good like they'll be pretty good um i think denim too denim too right um it's possible so i don't think that will be a huge deal obviously program people feel some sort of way to pay made in china versus made in the usa made in uh made in canada mm-hmm. i still think they'll keep their canadian partners for uh for fleeces especially
1: do you think that's like so iconic to the brand that i think so to let that go it's kind of like we're we're taking away the, the supreme dna
0: yeah because there's a there's a certain hand feel to that fabric
1: oh yeah
0: definitely <laughs> i'm sure you know like if you've, like, you've run your hand past, like, some fabrics and you know, like, oh, that's a, that's, like, a 400 GSM. That's a box yeah. logo.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know where that's going to. You know what they're going to make out of it. Exactly. Um, well, that's, that's really reassuring to, uh, to, to know because from my end, I have seen acquisitions take place. And then I have seen a departure in quality. Um and well, I shouldn't say I would say a departure from domestic made and going more towards like a, a Portugal or a Peru or even China. Like you know, again, nothing against these places. Um, at the end of the day, it's people making clothing, and uh, we should respect it. And it's a craft, but it's just you know, when when a brand starts off being made in USA and made in Canada, it you could face some sort of backlash. Yeah. Uh, when you start to go offshore
0: yeah and uh, I don't think, I think especially yeah. for like the fabric hand feel for their hoodies and their fleece wear it is so important for just the quality and the feel of the, these these clothes like s logo hoodies box logo hoodies um small box chest logos yeah. I think those are such a staple item in their catalog that they wouldn't want to risk changing the hand feel of that It would be like you you go buy an Air Force One and then it feels different. Right? That would be so wrong.
1: It would. Uh, you, You brought up something and when you said hard goods, the more and more I think about what you said, the more and more I can agree because... We, we are talking about it right now, it, the, the BOGOs are so iconic, everyone knows how they fit, everyone knows how they feel, whereas the other things they might not. And just to have all these like little coveted items, um, it becomes like, you're, you came here for the BOGO, but you're going to stay because I've got all these other things that I can make a shit ton of profit off of, yeah. and yeah. I know you're going to buy
0: And you know what it is people forget that you could actually walk into a supreme store pick up a deck pick up some trucks and wheels and get a skateboard like you can still do that
1: you can yeah
0: people forget that you can do this in supreme and i think being part of vf will alleviate some of the the demand or drive to make just money to survive because they have the cash flow now to just make stuff like this yeah imagine imagine it being normal quote-unquote normal to skate a supreme deck how cool would that be or supreme trucks or or uh the supreme wheels instead of it being oh why are you why are you skating a the supreme deck isn't that something coveted it might be but if it's produced more i think it is would it not be more supreme to have people skate your supreme decks
1: yeah i would get off if those were more accessible i would get off my longboard and i would you know skateboard for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that to quell the OG heads like oh, Supreme Supreme uh, they're taking over. Oh, sell out, sell out. What if Supreme just started encouraging people to skate their stuff? Mhm. Is, is that that would be treasure. like the Yeah, exact. Wouldn't that not be the most ultimate Supreme move?
1: Yeah, that would be like a full circle moment. There where they go through the hype and then they're like, "Hey, because we've got the money now, here's more." Go out there and skate your hearts out and wear our shit and tear it up.
0: Yeah, that would be great.
1: The next question I wanted to ask you was with the acquisition, where does that brand stand? Do you feel like it's a sellout? Do you feel like they still have the... those? they themselves not just with the acquisition like they they still hold those you know skate like those early values in the rebellion and, and the risk taking and like being different cuz in the past we spoke about the um, the Jacob and Co supreme and how you liked it because it was kind of like hey they're going back to being unabashed being like fuck you fuck off here are three dials. Here's like blah, blah blah blah, and you're you know like that kind of attitude. So, do you think with with like Big Brother over their head, it's gonna change?
0: I don't think so. I don't think it will change. I think Big Brother will push them towards that, right? Because North Face for a long time um, started really trying like diluting their brand with summit series and uh and a lot of lines for their products and then yeah, even the they, outlet I
1: remember exactly
0: those. exactly and then the the um vf corp big brother sort of pushed them back and reeled it all back and started f- focusing the brand again i hope that happens to supreme i really hope that we just see a lot of people skating supreme decks and trucks and everything you know i i really hope so um it's like Creasing your Jordans so you're
1: you're viewing this acquisition from a very optimistic point of view
0: I hope so I love Supreme
1: like, why don't you why don't you kind of share your history with the brand and what, what you like about them
0: you know I think the history with the brand um I I started how'd you hear about them I started I just heard on the internet you know like as most people do and then just get like enthralled by this mysterious Supreme, you know, like, what is Supreme? And then I got the opportunity to work with one of the suppliers and then like, it demystified the brand, but I get to see how they really do care about their product um, and they they work a lot with their suppliers to to make good product. And like, from your end, I'm sure you hear a lot of the same things where they're very in control of their product and they they're, they have very exacting demands, but for good reason. So then it's like, wow, they when they say, like, made in Canada, it actually means made in Canada. Made in USA really means made in USA and things like that. And I learned more and more about how, you know what? Yeah, Supreme is well known for being a fashion company, but at the end of the day, they're still a skate company. Like how I just reminded everyone, you can still walk into Supreme Store and get a deck and skate out if you wanted to. And I think that's so cool of the brand to be able to do that. And then when they got acquired partially by Carlisle Group, it's like, okay, now they're pretty much being legitimized as a company. Yeah, it was like validation at that it's point. It's like validation that this company is like a real company that is worth something and is like a power in the world. And then they got... They had the lv collaboration around the same time and it's like hey they're validated again as an influential fashion brand as well as being an original skate brand that you can still to that day and to this day legitimately just go in there looking for a deck and trucks and wheels and literally skate out the shop or skate in the shop
1: <laughs>
0: yeah right. I think that's what makes supreme so great and what why i love supreme so much because they still you might accuse them of being sellouts you might accuse them of not, about about not caring about the customer because honestly they might not care about the customer that's never been what supreme was supreme was never about customer service
1: anti-customer service way back in the days if you exactly. really
0: dive into it exactly yeah. they've never been about customer service and they've never been about being accommodating so you're for it I'm for it. I, I really hope that this allows Supreme to not have to rely on hype and sellouts to a sellout as in like sellout skews um, to survive.
1: If you could put your hype beast hat on, what do you think what does this
0: acquisition mean to, to the hype beasts? Hype beast hat on, it means that there's more product. And they might release more and more product and they might release longer seasons where they don't end up having these four months. Like how many weeks is it between a season? It's so many weeks. Might do four four seasons instead of two.
1: Yeah. That that's one thing, um that's one thing as well, just from a consumer end, is when you log on and they're like, Sorry, we'll be back next season, it's kinda like, oh shit. Like
0: I missed it.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, what what kind of Supreme things do you own in your closet
0: right now? Yeah, one box logo from 2016 and a bunch of Hanes tees.
1: Ooh, what kind of got you to get the Hanes tees? Shirts, and I was in Tokyo.
0: <laughs> That's the only reason, <laughs> and I knew how they fit.
1: Yeah, huh? So you you don't have anything else from the brand? I thought Not you really, would have no. had, like, maybe, like, a hoodie or something.
0: At the at one point, I had the uh, LV box logo. And, no, sold that. Smart. Smart.
1: It's a very coveted piece. It's a very coveted
0: piece, and, like, I love that piece. But it's also, I wasn't wearing it. My box logo, I wear all the time. I, I will thrash it. So, yeah, I don't own a lot of Supreme, but the brand is it's one of those super important brands to me
1: okay and it's super important to you because if you could just sum that up you just like what they stand
0: for because it's supreme dude (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't you agree wouldn't you agree like growing up right we grew up around the same area of the world in the same time and got into fashion I would assume around the same time Uh uh-huh supreme has this effect where it becomes like such a mystical thing and then you sort of get into it and becomes demystified but you still care for it as if it were that mystical thing
1: yeah i i so my entry into into supreme and i i remember it very closely it was the mike tyson tea like i'm like whoa like Mike Tyson's on a T-shirt. Like, who's this brand? And then, as someone that listens to a lot of you know older music, I was like, okay, Neil Young did one. Okay, he got like all these other like celebrities, um, you know, pose in in this manner that looks like a Terry Richardson photo. And then I'm like, okay, what's this brand? I look into it. I'm like, oh, that's a really cool brand. Going to the website. Oh, I can't buy anything. You know. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And then at, at that point, it was really okay. Here's this brand. They do really cool things. Very naive of me and very, you know, a newcomer in this is, oh, it drops on Thursday. Okay. I'll just be there at 10. At 10, I scrub through. Hmm. I'm going to go check out declined, sold out. I'm like, oh. Crash.
0: Crash. <laughs>
1: Yeah, stuff like that, especially early on, like you know, when when the systems weren't as as uh, complex and and the greatest, uh, you hit all those walls, and then I just kind of realized, okay, this is this is not a brand I can you know buy buy into very easily, like physically buy into really easily. Um, so it was always admiring from afar. Uh, every time there would be the the lookbook coming out for, for the seasons, uh, I'd be on Hypebeast, just reading about them and flipping through, it, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's one thing I'll never get. That's another thing I won't get. Once I got into kind of the, the industry of fashion and apparel, the mystique, yeah, it did lower because I would do some you know visits um, over to the decorators and I'd see Supreme stuff being made, right? I'm like, hey, this is this is no different than, you know, some Joe Schmo um, trying to start a brand out of the garage because the ethos of of Supreme and some of the designs still encapsulate that. So, yes, even though um, it's not something I could easily buy, uh, I do respect them in that manner. The one piece I have from Supreme, and again, I don't have a lot similar to you. You know I, I think it's pretty crazy for, for two people that like the brand that don't have a lot um, of the brand uh, but I have one t-shirt that's it and it was the Supreme Marvin Gaye collaboration I've been meaning to maybe pick up a hoodie but you know uh, I just I, I, don't, I don't think it's worth it for <laughs> the resale the, the resale is a little crazy so so yeah Suprema is, is a really great brand and I do encourage people to do more research and look beyond the hype. Dive into why the brand was created, what the be- beginning was about. Because I'm sure if you were once angsty, just like myself, you would buy into the brand. Absolutely. Like, that is a brand for you, meant for Absolutely. you.
0: <laughs> and if, look beyond the hype, as in, like, also, just look at the MSRP of some of these things, right? The box hoodie, $120, U.S. Dollars, is somewhat expensive. But it's also like an ultra thick fabric, made in Canada in relatively small batch. It becomes not that bad, right? It
1: yeah, and and that's something I think if you ever work into the supply chain, then you start to understand the prices are not really that bad because you could think about it right now. If you go on Kith, uh, you're paying about two hundred and twenty five dollars for a hoodie, Canadian if you go on ald you are paying a similar amount of of money uh, for those brands so msrp of 120 us not that bad not that for bad for something and, like
0: quality having both of us having some experience in the industry and especially seeing them like being made you yeah. you can tell that they care especially at least for those products that you saw being made mm-hmm. so it's not like they're just getting random screen printers from around the world to choppily like, like a chop shop print something on a TN, yeah. like throw it out there. They, yeah. they care a bit more than that.
1: They care a lot more and, and, and the quality is there and the, even I'm sure the team cares as well. Like, yeah, there, there's an aspect of, of the, of the, you know, exclusivity and, and, and the small, you know, quantities, but, it i think they generally genuinely do care and and going off of that is you a lot of the i feel like a lot of the bad a lot of the negatives that are said about the brand is just about like the resale
0: value it's it's not about the actual it's not about the actual product
1: yeah like you see like oreo sell for ten thousand dollars yeah but they didn't sell it for ten thousand dollars they sold it for five (laughs) dollars Flip it, Yeah, people are flipping it for that much, right? And that's where I think the media, I mean, the media will be the media. That's how they get, you know, viewership and hits. But that's how they attract the non, like the people that are not in the know, right, to get into the brand or know about them. It's just like, oh, this is a ridiculous brand. They They charge an arm and a leg for a sweatshirt and a t-shirt. But in actuality... That's the secondary market. Similar yeah. to people saying, "Oh, this sneaker sold for a hundred, like thousand dollars." It didn't, you know, so to speak. It was a secondary value, and then the valuation of that product ended up being, you know, ten thousand dollars. But it's not like Nike is selling shoes for ten thousand dollars. So it's, exactly. you can't get mixed up into that. And um, again, like I said, if you were ever angsty, rebellious in, in your own right. This is, a, this, is, this is a brand that really can speak to you. And you can, you can understand those ethos. Whether you buy, physically buy the, the items or not, it, I think it's something that you can stand behind.
0: And if you're like even remotely interested in streetwear or casual fashion, you must know Supreme.
1: I mean, Darius, I don't know about you, but I was thinking about this all of last week is how did we get to where we are? Because growing up, it was almost, like, looked down upon, in society at least, of, like, wearing sweatpants, wearing hoodies, you know, wearing, you know, crew necks and what we call athletic wear or spirit wear, you know, to work or when you're going out. It was always something lazy. It was always something, you know, um, non-professional. But nowadays, hoodie has become the, the new suit. You know, everyone is wearing sweats. Everyone is looking cozy. Um, when I grew up, and I was thinking about this, is at the time I started to dress myself, that was like at the height of menswear. That was like when when J Crew was really, you know, still at its peak. That's when, you know, red wing boots, desert boots, like that's how I came into fashion. And I don't, you can, you know, I would love to, to get your thoughts and kind of how you started. But that's what I remember. It oh, was same. all about cardigans, buttons up, buttons up, chinos, you know, boat shoes, uh, you know, brown boots, Clarks, all that stuff. And then to, to go from that and now it's streetwear, there's the one brand you can accredit that to is Supreme. As well as Ducey, as well as you know Crocs and Castles, allergy, a lot of these other brands. But you have to thank streetwear culture, streetwear culture, and skate
0: culture for what we dress like right now. Yeah, for permeating into the uh, the mass consciousness of getting dressed. Um, as pretentious as that sounds, but you have to like really, really um, credit honestly going back to supreme 2017 the supreme lv getting validated as legitimate fashion company yeah that was crazy you know that's when people took notice like hey these guys are selling hoodies and stuff and they're making it cool and acceptable and to be honest a lot of these people who are very vehemently conservative clothing brooks brothers clothing um suits and ties they wore all this stuff during their days off, so why not just wear it during the office? Um, you could tangentially accredit, you know, people being able to wear sneakers to the office to street.
1: Yeah, hell yeah. Th- yeah there and- is a direct correlation there.
0: Yeah, and I followed a very similar route to you, to, as you, to uh, getting into fashion, you know, getting your raw denim, getting your fades in. <laughs> I was all about that. I still have a pair, a pair or two, and I still have one of my first pairs of raw denim hanging in a uh-huh. closet. You know, crazy fades on those ones.
1: <laughs> Where are they from? Where are they from?
0: So they're a company called United Dry Stock Goods. It's a Toronto company, actually. Okay, cool. And they do... They did a fit, and it fit me really well. And I wore them every day. Obviously, it's raw denim.
1: How many soaks?
0: I actually never soaked. I washed. Okay. Yeah, so, so no soak... One wash, and it's so tattered that the the combs and behind the knees are, like, ripped. They're ripping through. Wow. Like behind the knee. Is, Damn. Uh, that's ripping. And then, you know, crotch blew out, and then the hems are ripped. I actually brought him them. Yeah, so getting into fashion, and you look at that, and then the supreme ethos, the supreme mystique was all around at the same time. After that phase of fashion for me, I got into like very luxury wear and stuff like that. But Supreme never left, like streetwear never left. I was always about hoodies. I would always be comfortable in a hoodie and stuff like that and sneakers. So it's like the last many years of being into fashion, streetwear and Ultimately, Supreme has still been a part of the brand matrix I subscribe to.
1: Hmm. That's been like a
0: constant for you, exactly. Like I will one hundred percent wear, ready to wear Louis Vuitton and Supreme.
1: I think that gives a that gives a a really great perspective of uh, really. I mean, we were fortunate enough to to live through that era. Right, and kind of experience the the changes, and now we're at a point where people are mixing in. I guess my point is just like seeing people go away from oh that's a lazy look or you didn't even try to like oh it actually looks really great when you pair it with this. And now hoodies and t shirts are blurring the line between um, you know everyday to like high fashion. You have fashion houses selling t shirts for a ridiculous amount of price. But it's now, you know, it could be seen as a status symbol, like a simple T-shirt. Yeah. Or it could be seen as, you know, luxury. And it's, uh, yeah. it's crazy how far we we have come.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Supreme, if you ever need people on your consulting team, I'm just saying, we're here. <laughs> Supreme, you guys do a,
1: an amazing job. Uh, I really hope with this acquisition, I hope, you know, the, the team also... You know, has more resources. I hope you guys, you know, continue to, to, to do what you guys are doing. I'm excited for for the future. Um, I don't want to see you at winners. <laughs>
0: oh my god, I don't want to see you at winners, unless those are like the blanks again that you we saw at TJ Maxx two years ago.
1: Oh my gosh, um, I say that because I remember seeing all those. I I don't know if they're real, but like profit fines. So they have, you know, they've shown, like, Supreme North Face jackets, right? It's a crazy steal, but it's just, you know, that'd be crazy. Another, like, I would feel like that wouldn't do the brand very well. Another thing, I'm going to be honest, when I first heard about the acquisition, I was worried. I was worried because I was was thinking to myself, am I going to start to see lines um, at Zoomies for, like, box logo tees? Am I going to see lines at Zoomies for, like you know, all these things. But I think the more and more um, I kind of sit on this and even after our discussion, I, I, I feel more at peace and I, and I feel optimistic that it won't go that way.
0: I I, I agree you. It should not go that way. As I hope to keep the number of doors consistent and then just pump out more online orders so that they keep the, uh, keep being... A place to visit as a storefront if mm-hmm. you're visiting cities but be be more accessible as a brand through online orders
1: yeah with with the capital i'm wondering if they'll look into anti botting um, oh please I'm trying trying to bring down
0: yeah please do <laughs> i just want another box logo that's all i want
1: yeah i mean how much is the resale on those guys right
0: now like a thousand dollars
1: is, are they? Yeah. Oh my gosh, hold on. Oh, big news as well. StockX officially now in uh Canada.
0: Also big news, eBay doing trying to outcompete StockX. Authent- yeah,
1: authentications. They're
0: trying to out StockX StockX.
1: Uh, it's pretty crazy. So Supreme box, well, let's look at the hoodies. Um no, the bandana ones were were crazy. Hey, I like the bandana ones.
0: Those are I like those ones.
1: I just couldn't get them. Yeah, Bogo. Oh, jeez. Yeah, those are in thousands. Those are in the thousands. The T's in the in the two hundred It's Still a lot for a T-shirt, man. It's a lot. Four hundred. Wow. Four hundred Canadian. Oh, jeez.
0: Um. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my god. This is crazy. I'm just looking at the the box logo I have, like and the the right year. That's ridiculous. That's not good.
1: Yeah. A little, you know, I think one of the, I heard somewhere too, they were like, you don't want, you know, your grandmother or like your aunt to be wearing Supreme kind of thing to dilute the brand. I don't think that'll happen. I think, it, I think happen. you, you have to, you know, if you're angsty or if you're like a little shit, you're going to buy into the brand regardless. Um, let me just touch on that StockX thing. What's great about the StockX um, Canadian Auth- Authentication Center is that it will alleviate us of our duties. So anything that comes into Canada, for those that are in Canada listening, and I know that vast majority of you are, uh, are anything that comes into our country that's over twenty dollars, we get hit with taxes. Twenty dollars. You know the U.S. It's eight hundred dollars. That's one thing I don't understand why $20 is our cap and then we get hit with duties. I've ordered from US places, I've ordered from End Clothing and man, those duties are not fun (laughs) to pay uh, when you think you've got such a good deal because XYZ was on sale. So this will then allow us hopefully um quicker turnaround times in terms of when you get your shoes. And then the second thing is going to be none of those um hidden duties, uh like those hidden fees or in and the duties being one of the biggest ones. So that's pretty great news. Yeah, I'm did you hear but bro- I'm still yeah. shocked
0: about like how much box logos are going for right now. <laughs>
1: Did you hear about the, uh, the the StockX news? I only saw it on Instagram.
0: I only saw it on Instagram. But bidding news, we're going to the Springs part of Springs and Thread now. Remember how we did top five watches that we would take for life? Yeah. I mentioned Philippe Dufour. Yeah. There was you an auction a- where, where the estimate <laughs> was 400,000 francs for a simplicity. This is a time only with a sub-second. Man, someone, it sold on the 8th for one point six three six million francs. Oh my god.
1: That's that's money I can only dream of.
0: I, wow. What? You know what this means? What does that mean? This means that a lot of watch people are getting more and more into micro brands and niche brands. It's very interesting.
1: I'm gonna let that pass. Sorry. There's a, this is the some honking going on outside the condo. Uh, with the with the micro brands, do you find that within the watch industry they're not respected because heritage is such a big thing and such a key factor into why you want to buy into, you know, those those big names.
0: I think so, but I think they're getting more and more uh, respect because people can't get their re- really get their hands on the big names and uh, the hype products.
1: If anything, with, with Philippe Dufour, you're getting that same quality. If you're getting not better quality. Better, yeah,
0: if not a better, right? are getting better quality, honestly.
1: I mean, Heritage can only take you so far.
0: Yeah, having a timeline... Can only take you so far, and having like yearly revenues can take you so far. Philippe de Four is one guy mm-hmm. that's can take as long that's, as he wants,
1: yeah. You know, what's what's funny from that is, you know, how we said, yeah, heritage can only take you so far. Um, there was recently a blunder uh, on Instagram, and um, it's a it's by a fella. If if you're not into watches, you gotta you gotta follow this person because it's just funny like i i love a good meme um but the page i'm talking about is Wristbusters. busters yes i believe i believe right now his handle is Wristbusters busters too because this man has been I, I shouldn't say i shouldn't guess his gender but this person has been taken down quite a few times on instagram and it's a little crazy why he's taken down versus some other people don't you think
0: Yeah, it, it, you basically just get canceled off of it, the
1: entire Instagram if you are busted. So similar to like Yeezy Busta, um, you know, where he's calling on fakes. So this person uh, basically does that with our watch, watch world. Sometimes I feel like with sneakers, it's a little easier uh, because they're bigger. And with watches, it's really like the tiniest details this man or this community can pick up. So for example... Um, they, I remember for wristbusters one, they used to, They used to bust a lot of fake aps from like DH gate and like a lot of fake submariners. And you'll see. And what's great about wristbusters is that he has like he uses the carousel, and and he will say, you know, the indice is supposed to look like this, but you know the fake looks like this, or they never made this part on the dial. It's supposed to look like this or the sizings off or like the the diameter like this guy is so in depth and he has so much knowledge it's insane but this is a page you guys got to check out
0: it's the funniest page because he'll just he'll just go in on anybody
1: yeah he doesn't care who you
0: are Oh, I love I love Riz Vista so much. It's the funniest yeah. thing.
1: So with the heritage thing, it's because most recently there's a heritage. Can I call them a heritage? Can I call Panerai a heritage brand? Yeah, you can. You
0: can call it, you can okay. call it Panerai a heritage brand. They they did the U the Italian Navy.
1: Okay, that's true. There is a good history there. My only gripe. Sorry to sidetrack a little. My only gripe is, um, sc- what was it uh is it a snap case back or like a screw down case back? For water resistance, uh, like, screw I don't down, know. screw down, right? I thought, I thought, was a snap. but anyways, it's just there, there's some things I didn't like. beside the point is, Panerai basically got busted by the wristbusters because they were sharing, like you know, images of their watches, and the 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 owner of it or like the original content uh, was basically taking photos of fake Panerai, and it was kind of like, yeah. <laughs>
0: And it was being reposted by the official Panerai Instagram, which is the problem.
1: Yes, and Riskbusters saw this and put the photographer on blast and put Panerai on blast. And then no comment from Panerai. And it wasn't they, even taken they down for the long time.
0: They kept posting, exactly. They there kept was like, posting this guy, and they still post the guy.
1: Oh, gosh. So, Risk Busters... <laughs> Yeah, Riz Bustas is basically, he is the person you you need to know, and in the watch world, or even in humanity, he is saving us, you know. He is providing us with with knowledge, and he's showing us how, how it's to be done. And you know what I love about him? I don't know if he still has this on his handle, but when I started following him, he had this thing that says... You know, act your wage. It's just basically, yes. yeah, we're busting all these people because they're pretending like they have a lot of money. They they're pretending they have a nice date just or, or like a, a nice Royal Oak, where in fact they don't. So he puts like act your wage, and that's one thing I love about that account.
0: You know what Riskbusters is like? It's like being, it's like the Eye of Sauron. <laughs> Like you, you know what it is, but you never want to be caught in his gaze, unless oh, it yeah. casts some spell on you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'd be very nervous if if you have a fake watch. Look, just please don't post it, because um, he will find you. Somehow he will find you, and
0: you'll he'll get a, screenshot you'll get a piece everything. of mail in the, your mailbox and, and be like. I am watching. Signed W B two. Oh
1: gosh, that wouldn't that be funny? Um, but yeah, like going back to to wristbusters, um, you know that's what he did. And with a with a legacy brand or heritage brand like Panerai, I can't believe they got caught. Um, it's it's kind of crazy to me, and it, it's it's almost like who's running the social media account and who's like reposting this. Uh, and allowing it and is there no technician that's also on social media and saying like
0: uh yeah that's fake it's
1: a little crazy don't you think
0: probably not i i don't think they i think they had this campaign and they needed to put something out so they just kept putting stuff out and they looked like good photos Mm -hmm. which is as like a as a heritage brand seems like a pretty bad idea to be relying on your on your fans for your official content Um,
1: oh yeah
0: right I think that opens you up to a lot like too much like do you do you like Panerai I
1: you a fan of them
0: I'm not a fan of the brand I respect the brand a bit but A a bit um why do I say a bit it's because I feel like Panerai sometimes intentionally misleads their customers.
1: Why way? do I
0: say that? Yeah. Because you know how they have the Panerai, like I believe it's called the Luminor, with the large um, crown guard, with the locking crown guard.
1: Yeah, the the twelve three six nine.
0: Yeah, the Luminor, yeah. or the Pam zero zero one things yeah. like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And that watch originally was a dive watch for the uh, Italian Navy and it was like a legitimate dive watch and like I love that like I love dive watches but current Panerai modern Panerai in their marketing material you know they show the luminor coming out of the water dripping in water and like descending into the deep I think I know where you're going with this and then it has like a 15 meter power or 15 yeah (laughs) it's like not even a dive watch (sighs) yeah why
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's a little crazy, right? When you're known and you supplied tools, you know, a watch is a tool for those listening, um, to the Navy, and then you're coming out with a watch that has, you know, such a low water resistance.
0: That's not even the problem. The problem is that their marketing material is, like, not implying that this watch can be di- used diving when it, in fact, cannot. Right. I'd be okay if they made like dive-inspired dress watch where, you know, they don't show it descending into water. Right. Not sort. Not the best. Like, imagine if Tesla had a had a ad and they just had like a roaring V twelve in their ad. Like. Yeah. Like yeah. That's not it.
1: I, I'm on the same boat with you, whereas I respect the brand um, as a whole, um, their contributions uh, to to this wonderful industry and hobby. But in terms of some of their watches and, and even the whole blunder, like, it's, it's just not for me. Uh, one thing, though, I, I will say is, you know it's a Panerai. If you walk by someone or if you see it, it's like... You can't mistake it for anything else other than, like, a fake watch on DHgate and eBay, like a, a Parnas, right? But you, I'll give them that. Design-wise, you've made such an iconic design that people are like, oh, that's
0: a Panerai. Great, exactly. that's a Panerai. Exactly. Yeah. Like, they have a great design language. They have a great story behind a lot of their watches. But I don't think they're using that to their advantage. I think they're just sort of using it on the lowest denominator,
1: yeah, um, for like the, for those the, the, yeah. the
0: sandwich dials, you know the luminous sandwiches. Yeah, where they have like, they have like a dial, then a whole plate of luminous material, then yes. another like plate. I think that is so cool because you get such a strong loom. Yeah, and it's the luminor, right?
1: Exactly. It, it's that. it's the function behind it.
0: And the bronzo, you know how they had the first bronzo and they made bronze like a. Material of the of trending material, it looks great, but it just feels weak sometimes when you know you have this product and you have the know how to make a product that can do the things that you say and want the thing to do, but you just don't. It's like willful ignorance.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- those are the negatives for sure when I think about the brand. What I like also like about the brand is the fact that they have a lot of, you know, great pieces with a lot of long-lasting power reserves. I think the first when I was getting into the hobby, I'm like, whoa, like they have an eight day, and do they also have a fourteen? Or maybe I'm just going crazy. But you know, the fact that you know eight-day power reserves, I'm just like that's really great engineering. Um, at 44, a little too big for my liking, um, but again, it's a solid brand and. And uh, every point that Jerry has said, is, I think is true. Um, great heritage, great technology, great innovation. However, some things fall short when it comes to, like, marketing and, uh, and PR.
0: Yeah. And, like, I don't know if you've gotten the opportunity to handle, like, very high-end Panerai. I was very fortunate I got to handle a Panerai Turbion Luminor. Like, open work dial, Turbion beautiful like that is what Panerai can do like I saw that I was like oh my god Panerai is amazing it's like they have so much potential to make cool products and make them fantastically and I know they can do it because I've seen it it's so frustrating when you see like Luminor fifty meter water resistance being shown dunked in water as your marketing like come on Pandora, I know you can do you're better than this I know you can do great things please mm-hmm. do great things for sure, it's yeah. like let me love you.
1: <laughs> In short, yeah, definitely. Um, with, with with the watch industry or like watch news, has there anything else, Has there been anything else that kind of stuck out to you this week?
0: What has stuck out to me this week? I've been seeing I've been seeing some Supreme Jacob and Co's come up for sale. Uh, really, yeah no one knows how to take it um like is there a premium is there not a premium i think there's very very few of them which is good which is sort of it makes sense i would not have made a lot of them if i was jacob and co or supreme Mm -hmm. but in watch news not too much not too much
1: going okay so going sorry this is like a supreme podcast right now um do you think do you think we're gonna see more watch collaborations with supreme
0: please please do please do
1: I mean, you know what was interesting to me is they jumped from Timex, which is very, you know, accessible, into Jacob & Co., which is not accessible at at all. all.
0: (laughs) But it works.
1: It works. Uh, I like the Timex collaboration. I'm a a huge fan of Timex. I'm a huge fan of, you know, Casio, all those entry-level stuff. Um, But I just didn't get it because that shit sold out. Um, But yeah, sorry. Do you think we're going to see, number one, more watch collaborations? And with this acquisition, what does that hold for brands within that same realm? Are we going to see them also get acquired? Or Supreme is a different... Similar to Nike, Supreme is a different beast.
0: I think Supreme is a different beast. All entirely by itself. It stands alone in uh, in its field. It... You know, for that, when really early on, Supreme had those Rolexes that they had the dials on with like the friends and family custom dials that they got made. If that becomes a real thing, oh my god!
1: Supreme Rolex,
0: oh my god, that's
1: that has to be something for like.
0: 20, that would be the ultimate. 30 or something like that. I know. That would be the ultimate thing that could do, that they could do. Because having Rolex do anything that's, like, not Rolex.
1: Yeah. Especially, I mean, nowadays, with, with the brand being where it is, for those listening, there was a time where you could get Rolex. Like, let's say you, you felt like you were so important that you could, you know, take off the Rolex, Cornet and, like, the, the branding could have done that at one point in time
0: yeah if you could convince the company that you were important enough they would do it i don't think anyone's able to do that now
1: definitely not um quick thing quick little um question i have to ask you what's, what's your opinion on those bapexes?
0: the bapexes? oh, uh the thing is i think i don't like them you don't like them
1: i think um look I get it. It's like you're, you're choosing a, a design language that speaks to people like, oh, I know what that is. I, I get that part. But maybe there's just something cooler that you could do that feels a little like to me. OK, let me just be really upfront to me. It just feels like a ripoff.
0: I think they're towing. It's they're, not even an homage to me. Yeah, they're, it's they're le- towing to, a bit much, too much towing of that line.
1: Whereas you saw Beams, Beams did the collaboration, I I know it's a different brand, but Beams with Seiko, and then they did like the, you know, 62 Mass, right? Like, that was interesting to me, and I'm pretty sure that also did really well um, overseas. But is there something that Babe could do similar to that? I hope they
0: do, but I don't think Babe wants to.
1: Do you think Tudor will ever do collaborations?
0: that would be really cool i would think it's more likely than their big brother brand but i don't think they will
1: okay is there other exciting news about tudor coming down the pipeline
0: down the pipeline oh it's not even secret news but there is the first north american tudor boutique opening in toronto boom sometime soon apparently
1: sometime soon and why is this why is this such a big deal
0: I think, okay, this is is a big deal because it shows a lot of faith and commitment behind Rolex into the Tudor brand. Um, It shows that they are committed to this brand far more than what people assume, you know. Of course, they are committed to the brand, you know, being the big brother of Tudor. And it shows that they want to firmly place Tudor into the north american market instead of just being you know there is a rolex dealer that happens to have some tutor they want to become this is tutor and i think that's very very important for the brand
1: nice i'm excited for the launch i think it'd be be a really cool thing and i think for the people that are just starting to get into the hobby that they can have the association but then they can also feel like they're not getting a lesser product Whereas you know, even before we were born, I feel like there's a crowd that thinks Tudor is just a cheaper Rolex, or you know, Tudor's the subpar version. Whereas the new school will then hopefully see, oh, there's there's Tudor that does their own thing, and then there's also Rolex. Like exactly, they're not. You can't really put them apples to
0: apples. Exactly, they're different products. Yeah.
1: Uh, one one last thing before we wrap up. Um, if you have one word or like one phrase to sum up the acquisition of uh, VH Corp and I'm not VF VF, VF. Jesus, uh, I'm I'm thinking of PVH Corp or like PVH is another conglomerate. Um, they own I think uh, Calvin Klein and a bunch of other brands. VF Corp and Supreme. How would you sum it up?
0: Leave Supreme alone. (laughs) They know what they're doing.
1: Uh,
0: And I will leave you guys
1: off with um, Supreme is back. Yes. Boom. Mic drop.
0: Mic drop on that bombshell. We are closing this off. Have a great night.
1: Have a great night, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, we will catch you next week. As always, uh, follow the page, springs.thread, on Instagram. Please subscribe um, to Apple Podcasts, um, as well as Spotify and Google Podcasts, wherever you consume your podcasts. Thanks so much. By the way, Darius, we have hit over 200 downloads, and we are only two months into this. So, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, Thank you all so much. Take care, everyone. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.